Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecallendershow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. You do know that when they test bats for rabies, they kill them, right? That's the only way. Okay. Just so we're all clear on that. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, final hour of the week right here. Remember, stick around. Uh, I do join uh, Britt Winterbull. I know you stick around anyway, but I, I join Brett every uh, Friday at 3 o'clock uh, for the Friday Hangover. Uh, he, his program runs 3 to 6. So stick around for that or get it on the podcast, WBT.com. And uh, the phone number is here, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. There was a story I came across here on the crime, uh, talking about the recent uh, crime stats and stuff. And Charlotte Mecklenburg Police just put out their crime stats. And, uh, uh, you know, just like all crime stat reports, there are some areas where we saw crime decline, we some areas we saw it increase, and some, like, you know, really increase. Um. Talking last hour about this Gaston County uh, maniac that shot his neighbors because some kids basketball rolled into his yard. And of course, he's a maniac. He is deranged. He's got a rap sheet. He's a convicted violent felon. And he had a firearm in his possession, obviously, because he attempted to murder a whole bunch of people on his front lawn. And he turned himself into authorities down in Florida yesterday. His name is Robert Lewis Singletary. Glad that he turned himself in. Uh, and now I would uh, I'd lock him up forever. I mean, really, or darn near forever. Obviously, he has uh, he has proven that uh, he does not do well in settings with other human beings, and so short of isolating him on an island someplace, not sure what else to do. Um, but he, uh, he 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 has lost the ability to interact with society in a peaceable manner, uh, in my view. So. Uh, And this is, by the way, like this is how you get control of the gun death problem, because the majority, uh, I mean, the the gun deaths being uh, the stats are being driven by street crime among young men. That's where I mean, that's where the gun deaths are. That's where they aggregate 15 to 25 year old men. Street crime. That's it. I mean, if, if you're trying to get rid of like violent crime with guns, like first off, you got suicides. Secondly, is street crime. And then third is domestic violence, which, by the way, this guy from Gaston County also engaged in the domestic violence stuff, too. So if only we had known, if only there were any red flags, if you will. So he keeps getting released, though, uh, after serving some time. And he's got he's got another charge against him right now. And maybe you know, m- maybe you start throwing the book at these guys. Maybe you start increasing the penalties when you have convicted felons that continue to engage in violent crime with firearms. Maybe that's a way that you reduce gun deaths. Not that it acts as a deterrent, but that it removes them from the streets. Um, so that's one component of this uh, of this story. The other component of the story, which really uh, angers me, is the, the way the media uh, reports on these types of stories. Particularly those the stories <clears throat> where... Um, on the front end, you've got the manhunt for the uh, for the attacker, and 
When media gets in front of you and says they need your help to ident- or to locate a suspect, and this suspect is a danger to you, there are two reasons why media ostensibly is telling you these things. And number one is to try to catch the guy, and number two is to protect you from harm. However, they then withhold a key piece of information when describing the individual, and they do so for no other reason. It's not wokeism. It would be the old-fashioned political correctness. And what they are essentially conveying to you is that it is better for you to assume the person's race simply by the fact that they are wanted for a crime, that we are supposed to assume their race, than for the media to speak their race. Think about how absurd that that is, right? It is preferable. Like, if I'm... Let's say, all right, I won't use myself as an example. Let's say person A is the most anti-racist, non-racist, unracist person you could ever imagine, okay? It's not a racist. Sitting there. And they, they're told, hey, we need your help. Here's the description. Here's their height, their weight, their age, their name, hair color, eye color. That's it. Person A is thinking, okay. Let me go out. Uh, I got to go run some groceries. I don't want to run into this person. Well, hang on a second. Is that all the information? I, I'm just looking for a six foot two, 225 pound person. Black hair, brown eyes. That's it, man. That's it. I could be anybody. Like I'm going to the grocery store. It's like almost half of the people in the grocery store are dudes. And probably half of them, well, maybe a third, are like that tall. So like, what am I going to do? Six foot two. I got to just start looking at all the hair color. You know. I'm, I'm like eyeing over every single person that's six foot two with, with black hair and all that. So what the media basically is telling you is don't look at the race of the suspect or of the person you're trying to find as the suspect that's on the loose. That could kill you, by the way. Remember, they could kill you. So we don't want you to know their race. So you should just assume what their race is. And yeah, like, so you, you, you're now, you're now um, inducing a thought process. In all of your audience. I'm not sure media people realize this. The reporters who probably think of themselves as non-racist and you know, non-prejudiced and non-bigoted and all of that. But you are actually creating those very types of responses. Because when people realize that that data point is missing from your story... The mess, And then they see the image. Maybe they see it on the website or they see it on the TV broadcast or something... Uh, but in like a newspaper report, they don't have a mugshot. They're not printing a mugshot anymore. I don't believe they do that. So like if they're not even giving you that, then, okay, I can't tell what the race of this person is. And then I realize in the newscast, oh, there's the, the okay, so this is the race of the person. And so now you're inducing in me an automatic default position, which is that if you don't tell me their race, I am to assume their race. Which means what? I am now attaching to man wanted, manhunt, per, you know, maniac on the loose. I am now because of you, reporters, editors, right? TV media elites. Uh, I am because of you now starting to think in these terms of if you're not telling me what the race is, then I have to assume that they are African American. And if that's the case, then anytime what I see person on the loose, I have to assume if, if you're looking for somebody that's armed and dangerous, I have to make that racial connection. 
You're creating racists. You realize that, right? <laughs> you're doing the thing that you say you're trying to stop. You don't need to. So here's the thing. Where it comes from, I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, where this all comes from about 15, 20 years ago, there were a lot of media reporters and, and assignment desk editors and stuff and people who would write the newscast, the producers, they would uh, they would put into their copy, into the scripts, they would put the racial descriptors into the scripts about people who had been arrested and charged. They would describe these people. That's not necessary. That was a that was a, a good, I would say, honest and rightful criticism. Because there's no reason to say a person's race once they're arrested. They're arrested. It doesn't doesn't none of them all that matters is their name, right? And that they were arrested. That's all. Threat mitigated off the street. Report you know, information reported. Okay? Done. And by telling people afterwards, you're just sort of reinforcing. You're saying, oh, take a look. Like, we're giving you this description. And and uh, activists got very uh, upset. They were very sensitive to this idea that they're already arrested. There's no need to kind of pile on and draw people's attention and to focus on it. Unless, of course, you're trying to induce that way of thinking. I'd say that's that was a fair criticism. But what happened was they then started, they eliminated the racial identifiers in every single news story, even when you're uh, when, when they're asking for help to find somebody. All right, let me get Tom on here. Hello, Tom. Welcome to the show. Well, let me say it first of all, and let me say. No, don't start, Tom. I don't need to. I don't need it. Just go ahead and say your comment. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. I don't need to hear it. Just go ahead and make your comment. All right. Well, anyway, uh, with a little girl, my heart goes out to her and her dad. I hope they give if this guy's guilty. Uh, the fullest extent of the law. Now, let me say before you, and I want you to calm down on this. Number one, they did show that guy's color. They showed his hair, eyes, complexion, all that. So when you say the media, mm-hmm. you might want to say some of the media. That's all I'm saying, some of the media, because uh, when they showed it, they, uh, they uh, everybody knew his racial color, uh, hair, and all that texture and everything. What about blind people? Well, if you didn't see that, you're blind. That's no, no, no. Tom, what about blind people watching the TV? I'm saying uh, that's ridiculous. But Why is that ridiculous? Because if you don't see what color he was, you're blind. I'm not blind, Tom. I'm asking, what about blind people who have the TV on and are listening? Or how about this, Tom? There are t- Tom, there are t- Tom, there are radio stations that carry TV newscasts. Did you know that? They carry the live TV newcasts. Do you carry TV newscasts? Not, not at this station, no. Okay, I've made my point, and I think it's a good one. So You I'm made your point that some media doesn't say his, his race? No, I'm saying that we knew the world, the whole world, CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, they knew what color he was. And they just didn't say. And I thank God they got him. And I do, too. No, no, they got him because he turned himself in. But they didn't say, so what you're saying is that they didn't say when they're giving his description. All right, so hang on, Tom. Why? Hang on, Tom. I'm going to use your logic right now. Your logic would dictate that they should have omitted his hair color and his eye color. Why? I'm saying no. I'm saying when they showed him, I knew what color his hair was and his skin. Complaint. Why then did they include that in the description in the copy? Why what? Why do they include those characteristics in the TV copy? Why did they or didn't they? I couldn't did even... they, Tom? Did they included his his uh, eye color and his hair color? 
I saw his eye color and hair color. I know you did, Tom. Listen to my question. You're saying that you could see his race. You could also see his hair color. But in the script, it says his hair color, but not his race. So why would they put his hair color in the script if, by your logic, you don't need to write it because you can see it? I'm really saying, I'm going to hang up, I'm really saying that that you should say some media because the whole world, and I'm talking about millions of people, know what color he is and what hair uh, complexion. I hope he gets the bullet. All right. Tom, representative for the millions of people in the world that he has not spoken to and what they know about the suspect and does not answer the question. Your standard, Tom. I'm just applying your standard. That's all. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I've had many conversations with Tom. He's in, I, I'm not angry at Tom. I just He starts off every, uh, and he calls others programs too, and he always starts. <laughs> Tom always starts his calls the same way. He says, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican, whatever. And he, and he may not realize he's doing it, and he, it may be true. Look, I'm not a Democrat or Republican either. I'm unaffiliated, okay? I'm an American. I'm a limited government proponent. I'm a media criticizer. Um, I'm a lot of things. But I think uh, I think a lot of times Tom does that in order to kind of set this example, set or set the stage, I should say, as if he is uh, he occupies a superior position because he is not these things and the, the like without saying it, it's implicit that like I am. But whatever. So that's why I say like I don't need to hear the wind up, just give me the pitch, you know? So the pitch is that some media, that, that was what his intention was, was that he was criticizing me saying that I should be saying some media instead of all the media didn't give the racial descriptor when describing the manhunt suspect, right? Okay. And what I was explaining to Tom, what he either did not comprehend or refused to comprehend, uh, is that when, and his argument was that, what, that because it's it's a TV station and they show me a, an image of the suspect that then everybody who can see can see his race. And then so I started off easy and I said, well, what about a blind person? And then Tom didn't seem to understand what that meant. I don't know why. Uh, so then I, I shifted gears and went over to the list of descriptors that the TV stations gave. See, and here's the problem. And I don't know if Tom was being, you know, willfully obtuse and, and, oh, I'm not sure what you're talking about because he knew he was cornered on this. But number one is that if if somebody's watching television and they're listening, and as you know, I can, I can attest to you that there are blind people that, that have the TV on and they listen to the television. They listen to radio, too. Radio is a – we have a lot of people who are visually impaired that listen to radio because we are for the ear. TV is more for the eye. But they do watch television. They do have it on. And so when – giving the descriptions, then uh, on the air, if you don't list it as you list all of these other descriptions, somebody who is blind doesn't hear it, right? They're not going to get that information. But he didn't seem to understand what I meant by that, so I shifted gears then and I went over to this other point, which is that in the script, right, when I'm reading from the, from the news reports, it's in their script. And when they do their news reports, it's in the copy, right? It's in the script. They're saying these things. These descriptions are in their broadcast. So why are they saying what color hair he has? Why would they need to tell me the color of the man's hair? 
if Tom's point is that everybody can see the race, so there's no reason to say it, then why would you say his hair color? They say his hair color. They say his gender. They say this guy, and it's obviously a guy. Why would you tell me it's a guy then? If that's the standard you're applying, Tom, then it breaks down for what it omits. That's all. And so all I'm saying is that keep a uniform, consistent standard for everybody. That's all. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. We will be giving away tickets to the news and brews. Not right now. Not at this moment. But we will be giving some tickets away. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, um, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, and the email is pete at the thepetecalendarshow.com. Oh, for some reason I had it closed out. So my apologies. Let me go over here. Josh, welcome to the program. Hello, Josh. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, I completely agree with your whole premise on the discussion that we're having, but I did have to ask, what would be the benefit of a blind man having a description and identifying the person? To convey it to someone else? Okay. Well, what, what would be your benefit? Well, if it would be the description would be for me to, if I see the person, then I call the police. Right. So, okay. So if you don't have any plans to leave your house, so what, what would be the benefit for you of even hearing the story, right? I mean, like by that... Definitely. I mean, if that's the standard, I mean, the information is the information and everybody armed with information, I think would be better off. That's all. Oh, I agree. I definitely think they should be reporting it. I just know when you said, well, what about a blind guy when he was making the argument that you could see him on TV? Right. Well, uh, that was Tom's argument. If you could see the guy on, if you could see the suspect's mugshot, which of course, by the way, is the only reason that Tom knew that the, the guy that they were looking for uh, was an African-American. The only reason Tom could tell that was because they happened to have a picture of him. But we have lots of occasions where they don't have a, an image of the individual that's being sought, and they still don't tell you the race of the person, ever. Oh, absolutely. I definitely yeah. think they need to give the full description. Right. I just did not understand the yeah, yeah. bit of the blind, blind person. Too. Right. If it, like, I mean, think about it. You know, you gotta, you're sitting at home, uh, you hear the news story, and your daughter is like, oh, I'm going to run out and get some groceries. Do you need anything, Dad? And you're like, hey, just be aware. They're, they've got a manhunt out there, you know, down the street where this happened. they got a manhunt. Oh, what does he look like? Oh, couldn't tell you. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. All right, Josh, appreciate the call. Uh, let me go and get Ryan next. Hello, Ryan. Welcome to the show. Hey there, how are you? Hey, I'm all right. What's up? I, I've always wondered this. Like, it, it's always the same uh, mo, like uh, black hair, brown eyes. But you're interjecting the uh, the race in it. I have two people that I know. My older half brother, son, my nephew have black hair, brown eyes. Yeah, they're almost as uncommon and rare as a redhead. 
But when you don't interject, like, say, we're looking for a black male with black hair, brown eyes, of course, unless unless you're um, uh, Dennis Rodman and you've got pink hair and doing that kind of thing, like, you pretty much interjected exactly what you know they're looking for. And it shouldn't be that way. It really shouldn't. Like, you, you just say, say it as it is. Right. So, but also, I mean, there are black hair, brown eyes. Is uh, it, it is? That's it, pretty common. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, I, I, I know two of them. Right. My, I, my brother is one of the. Yeah. I don't know many outside of my family that that have that. Oh, but my, the, uh, most uh, the rest of my family's uh, brown hair, green eyes, or blue yeah. eyes, whatever. But why not just go ahead and say say it as it is? Like they're just hiding away. From uh, actually saying African American or you know black male, mm-hmm. yeah, and it should it shouldn't be that way. You should you should be able to just say, hey, look, this is what we're looking for. Yeah, right. It, it it's just a piece of information, and but they're so worried about what people are going to do with that information, how they're going to think with that information, that they're actually exactly. inducing the exact reaction that they say they're trying to avoid. Right? They're they're right. because now people are going to start associating. Oh, if I hear. If I hear no racial description or I hear black hair, brown eyes, then I'm going to make these assumptions. I'm going to and that's prejudice. Right. Like that's the, the very thing you say you're trying to fight is is what you are creating. So, yeah, it's, it's exactly try not to offend somebody. But, you know, just you have to say it like it is what it is. Like, right. Just the facts. It's a, it's a black male. Do you, do you know of any uh, African-Americans or black males that are not black hair, brown eyes? Do I do I know any African Americans who are not black hair, black hair, brown eyes? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, I know. I mean, there's blue eyes, and and by the way, uh, the more you have uh, interracial relationships right. and marriages, then exactly. the, the more common this stuff is going to be. Yeah. So, like these, I reject all of those types of heuristics. And Ryan, I appreciate the call. I reject the ideas that like, oh, I'm supposed to automatically assume someone's race by what I am not told in a news report. I'm not going to play that game. And so when you don't tell me what race the person is, I'm going to call you out for it because, again, you're telling me this information ostensibly to catch a guy or to save my life. But you're withholding a key piece of information and hoping that, what, I'm a racist? Hoping that I'm prejudiced, that I'm going to assume someone's race because they're wanted for a crime? Shame on media for that. Shame on them. Um Let's go to some emails here. Uh, Pete, if you, we are going to solve the crime crisis, there's only one solution. Build lots of prisons, lock offenders away for extremely long sentences, and not give a damn when the left calls you racist when a disproportionate amount of the incarcerated minorities because they commit a disproportionate amount of crime. The 94 crime bill worked, right? This is another part of the, quote, conversation that a lot of people um, do not want to have, right? They do not want to have this uh, this element of the conversation, which is who commits a majority of the most violent crime and who's actually victimized by that, you know, because that's, I've said it many, many times. You've got the majority of violent crimes occur intra racially white on white, black on black, Hispanic on Hispanic. Right. But when you go outside of that, Oh, and, and crime, you know, disproportionately when you go outside of the, the racial boundaries, then it's usually black on white, black on Hispanic. White on black crime is very, very small. But this is another thing that I bash the media for this, too, because the hyper focus, just like we've got with this, uh, the 84 the year old guy, white guy that shot the black teenager who rang the doorbell. Right. We had another case almost like it, but they were all white up in New York. You know, car pulls into a driveway. White guy shoots white kids in a car. Um, 
we got this case. We have the other case uh, of uh, Hinnant, uh that I mentioned earlier, right? Where, oh, we can't possibly figure it out. There's this, there, there's this hyper-focus on, on the cases that emerge where there's a white person that goes after a black guy. And the hyper-focus on that and, the, and the, the elevation of that to national status almost all the time, right? That, it, it sends a message. It reinforces this idea that, that black people are being hunted by white people. And then, like, can you blame people for thinking that if that's what they're seeing on the news all the time, Right. But you're not because you're not getting a clear picture. You're not getting the, the 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 actual data because they're afraid. Media people are afraid that if they show you too much of one story, you're going to get this idea that it is this thing. And they are correct by that, uh, by, by the way. Right. So they go the other they overcorrect in the other direction. And <laughs> that's where we are. Um, who's this? Michael. Hello, Michael. I have about one minute. Hey, uh, Pete, love the show. just want to say that um, it seems like today's time, uh, all the media outside of some of you guys, such as yourself on AM and maybe say like Tucker Carlson, it's like everyone is just pandering to splinter groups and they do uh, the exact opposite of journalism. Um, and I just, it's just, it blows my mind. Well, the every, every media outlet is narrow casting more and more, right? Broadcasting. Uh, where you cast the net out and try to get as many people as possible, right, with this huge net, uh, means just by definition you have to be um, – you got to water down the message because you don't want to offend people, right? And so right. when you do that, uh, you, the, the product becomes less engaging, um, and uh, you've got to do other things in order to get more people interested, right? So that's the – look, this is the, this is the, uh, the benefit I would submit of – of podcasting, which is like this is very it's narrow casting. It's like, OK, here's my niche. I'm going to talk about, you know, sewing, um, you know, aboard uh, boats. Right. That's right. my niche. I'm going to do a podcast about that. And everybody that loves sewing on board on um, boats, uh, they're going to they're going to be interested in that podcast. And I could sell advertising on that. Right, right. But, you know, regardless of the, 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 the person's race, I mean, they should be able to disclose that information without lash a backlash from. Right say they're corporate, you know, uh, sponsors and whatnot, which is what I feel is kind of the, you know, the, what's behind that. But it's just crazy, regardless of the person's race. I mean, like you said, you know, their details should be, you know, made aware in a public sense so people, you know, are able to identify this person that is obviously acting out of character, so to speak. Right, or yeah, as a maniac and threatens uh, the public. Yeah, Mike, I appreciate the call. All right, now, given the state of affairs in our country and the world, are you asking yourself whether you're prepared for an emergency? I actually get asked this a lot. My answer, start at Carolina Readiness Supply. 2,000 square feet of supplies, the full line of Augustine Farms and Mountain House Foods, books, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, camping and hiking supplies. Being prepared is just smart. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing or somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. In Waynesville and online at carolinareadiness.com, get tickets to the Heritage Life Skills event also. Make a day trip to the mountains and return home fully prepared. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Email here to Pete at the PeteCalendarShow.com from Beth in Belmont, who says, I appreciate you tackling 
the differences in media coverage in these two recent shooting cases. It's difficult subject matter, and you've handled it fairly and well. I imagine a certain amount of bravery must be involved for you to discuss this topic. It's controversial, but it shouldn't be because the controversy is manufactured, in my opinion. I agree. I don't think it's courageous, but I do recognize that a lot of people are not they, – they don't have the freedom to discuss this stuff as openly as I do. And, you know, I just I've, – I've kind of come to that point where it's like, yeah, this is – this is what I think. It's like my training in journalism. Like this is where I come from, uh, and I'd like it, – it just – it angers me, and – Nobody else is saying it, so I'll say it, and chips fall where they may, right? Um, I didn't know that the murderer of that poor Hinant boy uh, wasn't required to disclose a motive. To the cases you mentioned, I would add the one of the boy who was thrown off the top floor of the Mall of America a couple of years ago. Landon Hoffman is his name, if I recall correctly. I don't think that that evil guy was required to disclose a motive either. If the circumstances of the cases were reversed, somehow the mainstream media coverage would be like night and day. It's not right, and the media perpetuates evil by adhering to this school of thought. Keep up the good work. Right? Th- thank you, Beth. I appreciate it. This is, the, this is my, my beef here, is that in the name of trying to you know, right society's wrongs, you are actually creating more wrongs. You're inducing more of this kind of thought, but you're inducing it in a different crowd of people. And... That doesn't make it right. That's not it's not what we should be doing. Um, there was also a story here from my old stomping grounds up in Asheville. And, you, and here's another example of it. Like, you know, like this is a real thing. When when the progressive Asheville Watchdog website, when they start patting themselves on the back because the, the, the city of Asheville is now going to initiate a 60-day initiative to try to make the downtown streets safer and cleaner. And they're doing it. Thanks to a couple of recent stories by the Asheville Watchdog. I mean, pay no attention to, you know, like the, the conservative media outlets that were, that were beating the drum against this rise in crime and homelessness and safety issues in downtown for a decade. No, no. Three stories from the Watchdog. That did it. Two six-packs of shiners, 99-cent butane lighters, lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Yeah, apparently Buncombe County Sheriff's Office has said it, uh, it's going to send some deputies to help the Asheville Police Department patrol downtown. Because they had two. They had two cops all downtown. In a ragtop Mustang Followed us down to the lake And didn't have to think about that too long Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight Situation couldn't be more right
safety initiative for downtown Asheville starts May 1st, but City Council member Sage Turner thanked the Asheville Watchdog Group, saying what you have done by doing their three stories or four stories, uh, you have helped save our downtown. Okay, spoiler alert, it hasn't actually been saved yet. The program hasn't even started. But it's a good first step. All right, we'll see you Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Yeah, we gonna roll my-